0: And we want to start with verse 46. Luke chapter 6, verses 46, and we will read down through verse uh, 49. Uh, Those of you that were uh, uh, with us last week know that we talked about how to walk on water. How to get out of the boat and trust Christ and keep our eyes upon Him and take this leap of faith. And Peter had to learn that uh, difficult lesson that we all struggle with is how to trust Jesus against you know, the odds of life and uh, the, the discipline of that kind of faith that uh, begins a lifetime of learning and taking risks. It's a life of learning to trust His leading at the same time uh, developing an internal guidance as even Gloria referred to this morning. In spite of whether we succeed or fail, and that's probably the hardest lesson to learn out of that concept of walking on water, is we would like to know, if God is telling us to take a risk, that it's all going to come out nice. And, uh, you know, my wife, she reminded me, she says, what in the world did you get on the pool for have anything to do with that lesson taught? But we'll just kind of leave that uh, hanging. Faith is sometimes messy. As we think about life and we think about uh, the way that you and I respond to life, Learn to, to be honest. We sense God is shit. And we work the of It doesn't always cut the way we would answer. Luke chapter 6 is a beginning of looking that is a discipline of faith. Take just a step. But sometimes we realize faith is simply practical belief. Luke chapter 6 verses 40 through 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he like who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep and he laid a foundation on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who 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 I'm sorry, but the one who hears my words and does not practice is like a man who built a home ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck, that house it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. Let's pray. Lord, we realize that there are many times in life that our faiths must be stretched and we must learn to step out when life doesn't look so secure and the stability of life is not so predictable, and yet we also recognize that sometimes faith needs to be extremely practical and simple. Forgive us for the times that we have overcomplicated things and forgive us for the times that we have tried to over spiritualize some things. We pray that we might understand the beauty of doing, day after day, the things that we know very clearly we ought to do. We give you thanks and praise for this in Jesus' name, amen. As I mentioned, that faith uh, sometimes can get kind of messy, and living for Jesus really begins when we offer the fact that our faith is messy back to Him, and let Him transform us, because... He is our master. Uh, We all have uh, heard uh, and used the ideas of surrender in our life to the Lord. Uh, Some of us may have thought more, not so much about this idea or thought of surrender, but turning your life and your will over to uh, the care of God. As you and I uh, learn to, to respond to faith, and we learn to respond to the truths in His Word, that there is always this... A fine line between, did Jesus really mean what He said or was He just using uh, a kind of analogy? And when we think about walking on water, obviously we, we might think, yeah, I, I really want to do that. I would love to go with God and do the, the, the impossible. And yet uh, sometimes we realize as well that He may not necessarily mean or imply that you and I walk on physical water, but we might learn to step out in a faith that sometimes feels uncomfortable, it may even be scary, but it's simply doing the things that you know, that you and I know we ought to be doing. As we are examining uh, the concept of faith, I mention it as a discipline once again, because we began the new year recognizing that there are ways that somehow we, we feel that we can, we can get ourselves all fired up for God and we can come up with new ideas and new thoughts and uh, new challenges, we might want to go all out big for God. And so many times we come up with these, these grand resolutions. This is what I'm going to do for God this year. And then usually about Groundhog's Day we realize we just want to sleep a little longer and not come out and live by the resolution we've uh, The point we, you and I, uh, uh, need to humbly consider is most all change that ever takes place in our life has a lot to do with how you and I develop a day-by-day focus of our mind, our heart, and our will. And so we come out realizing that a lot of our faith has to do with a disciplined structure of living, a way that you and I are able to continually hear from God on a daily basis, and how you and I apply these principles and put them into practice. I certainly don't want to minimize that God is able to take us in different ways or unique ways that are customized for all of us. But for this morning's sake, we have a parable of an individual who obviously must have been building his house and the project didn't work out so well. Jesus takes the times when houses' foundation have shifted or cracked or, or, or it has an effect because the storms of life have beat against the house and trouble comes. He uses that illustration, that idea, that word picture to teach us the foundation has to be right. Otherwise the future of that house will be in jeopardy. This week we want to try to look at some scriptures that tie into the concept of digging down deep and a solid foundation. And that's uh, my attempt as we, we look at these with um, as we think in terms of the time. I don't know where the time went this morning. Maybe we were greeting to each other too much and enjoying it. But anyway we're looking back at Luke chapter 6 verse 46. Turn with me there. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Now Jesus obviously knew that he followed him for some good reasons. And as you and I could imagine, by following Jesus and having see him physically uh, perform miracles and uh, uh, communicate his, his compassion and love and his mercy, Jesus was probably an extremely likable guy. He had an enormous way of gaining a following, not because he seemingly wanted to be known as the great one or the great worker, but simply his personality, the expression of his life, no doubt grabbed the attention because he didn't follow the typical expectation of the religious leader of the day. He seemed to spend more time outside the temple than inside the temple. He seemed to spend more time among the crowds than typically was uh, uh, known or experienced. He was one who wasn't afraid to touch people, to get close to people, to get to know people. He wasn't afraid when they did not fit this perfect mold or this idea. He simply was so real and so genuine and so credible that he drew crowds because they knew he cared. But you can imagine his teaching style, because if he was half the teacher that we like to believe he is, he had an enormous way of taking and speaking into a crowd, and regardless of how big or how small, you felt as if he's talking right to you. (laughs) No doubt as we think about this, there were a lot of people who were possibly following Jesus not so much to give their lives away to follow him, but he had a lot of pie to offer. There were a lot of benefits in following Jesus. And no doubt if you experienced a miracle once, you'd be back for a second time. And no doubt if you enjoyed his teaching, you'd be back a second time. Regardless of the motive or intent, Jesus not only gave out his grace and and, and his mercy upon people, but he also spoke truth into their lives. If you read through the Gospels, it's it's an enjoyable experience to grab all of the benefits you could get right out of the good news or the Gospels. But if you're honest about those scriptures, you'll probably find more teachings that have a punch to them than a hug. There's probably more teachings in the Gospel about how you and I ought to live than it is I'm just going to take you just as you are. And not expect any change. I mean, when you think about the teaching of Jesus, you realize there is a, a, a definite, a structured tone to his teachings. He is attempting to take us from where we're at and train us to become who he wants us to be. And the whole building of the Gospels is a strategic, disciplined approach. And that's what you and I need to realize. If, if we desire to have a renewed strength, or at least an ongoing renewed strength, you and I need to understand the beauty of embracing the whole concept of being transformed into a disciple and a disciple into a disciple maker is this beautiful plan. So Jesus speaks to the crowd on one occasion. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, or why, why do you call me master, but we do not do what he says? Now we've all been through uh, those experiences in life, but we have great intentions of living all out for God. And at the same time, we experience the uneasiness or the guilt or the shame of not quite measuring up to everything Jesus intends. The purpose Jesus is saying here isn't that people felt bad. His purpose was, if you and I want the life that God has We need to recognize calling Him Lord is the right answer. But we need to open our hearts to say, Lord, help me get to the right place. Because until you and I understand a simple concept about digging down deep and laying a solid foundation, you and I might find ourselves thinking, well, all I have to do is believe. Laying a foundation takes us a little bit beyond believing, As a matter of fact, sometimes we might like last week's sermon better, (laughs) because last week's sermon, you can kind of keep it vague, you can kind of keep it imaginative, you can kind of keep it spiritualized. Getting out of the boat sounds like a great idea, especially when you and I know you can't walk on water. But by the grace of God, He might enable you to do things that you normally can't do. He could take you places where nobody else has gone. There's something that just kind of rings within the heart that says, man, walking on water, this is absolutely great. And so our faith sometimes is vague. It's sometimes out there. It's sometimes undefinable. It's sometimes unpredictable. Faith is an exciting thing to talk about until it gets practical. Who wants to talk about what you got to do? Who wants to talk about getting up every day and and doing what you, you know has to be done, but you just don't feel like it? That's where we need to realize that what this is about is there's no shortcuts to digging down deep, and there's no shortcuts to laying a good, solid foundation. Foundation building has, has something uh, somewhat uh, changed over the years, as you and I are probably well aware of. I mean, now we got bulldozers. <laughs> Nobody digs with a pick and shovel, not very often, who has any smarts in their head unless you're really desperate you get a bulldozer you get a backhoe you get something big something large to get the job done and then you don't haul in rocks you just pour in concrete what you and I need to realize is is in the life you and I live in there are many substitutes that are perfectly fine but when it comes to Jesus Christ when it comes to following him there's no shortcuts there's no substitutes Digging down deep has to do with the issues of my heart, has to do with the issues of my motives, it has to do with the issues of my attitude. It's simply going down to the bare bones of who you and I are and who Jesus has called us to be. And until we get down deep, until we get to the real heart to heart issues, until you and I come to the place where we realize I can't simply use substitutes, I can't over spiritualize being practical. Many times as I mentioned, as long as we can keep this disciple-making thing vague, it's all right to talk about. But when it gets down to the real honest-to-goodness things that shape us so that we can help shape others, it's tough. It's brutal. It simply calls us to be exactly what the Bible says. But it's a little bit tempting when we think about this house-building thing that Jesus really didn't mean that, it's just a way of kind of getting your house built on the rock and everything's going to be fine. Well, what you and I need to realize is knowing that Jesus is Lord is a lot different than following Him as Lord. And we, we talk about many times about our faith is, is formed and shaped by the truths of Scripture and the practical things that it teaches us to live. But you and I clearly understand that having that concept of a house built on rock is a lot different than getting down to the bottom line and looking at rock. Turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 6. We're already in chapter 6 there. And we'll go back to verse 27. I need to get some water here. Verse 27, and we'll read down to 31. But I tell you, you who hear me love your enemies... Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone uh, strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others (coughs) as you would have them do to you. Now, following Jesus... There's a way to spiritualize this. You and I know. There's a way to kind of gloss that over. Then one day you have a real enemy. Or you have somebody there's no way you're going to love because you can't love, because it's impossible to love, because they really irritate you. Because on and on and on, when we talk about building a house on a solid foundation, we need to learn to say, Jesus really meant what he said. I was talking with Jerry yesterday. We kind of worked through this one. He was the strong one, I was the weak one, he was the one that was being honest, and I'm trying to say, yeah, 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 but, you know. You and I all go through circumstances and situations where loving somebody is not going to happen, until we have to say, Lord, i got to change. You see, when we talk about being practical, there's no way really of bending around it because right away, uh, you know, it works in us as the voice of the shepherd reminds us uh, that that means (laughs) so-and-so. Lord, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, you could send me anywhere, I'll do anything, but I'm not about to fix what's broken with so-and-so because that, that requires way too much. When we have a faith, you and I need to realize That though we might want another sermon on walking on water, this one's simply saying there is a real fundamental issue of digging down deep that some teachings Jesus gave are really going to keep us busy for the rest of our lives. But it's just as important that you and I are extremely practical and do not dodge dodge the hard things because we want to get to the spiritual things. When you and I need a renewed enthusiasm for God, an excitement that gives you a real passion, it typically is going to require at some point, you've got to deal with loving somebody you really don't like in order to get your passion back to walk on water next week. We would all love those moments, as I mentioned, those experiences where your, your faith is, is enriched, uh, you're excited about what God can do and all kinds of things. But then most of life, if you have to admit, I don't know, maybe your life is different than mine. Most of my life has these these chapters plugged in here and there, (laughs) where love just takes it off the charts and says, there's got to be a way around this. There's a right thing to do, and uh, you and I must uh, attempt to look at that. So when we look back in Luke chapter 6 and verse 48, we realize that Jesus gives us enormous promise. He is the one who hears my word and puts it into practice. He, in 48, is like a man building a house who dug down deep, laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. There's only one way that your house will endure through the pressures and problems of life is it's built on solid rock. Now we know that Jesus is the right answer. We know that Jesus is that rock, but it's a whole different thing to know that and to get there. The discipline of faith will take us not only through times when God does extraordinary things, but faith also takes us through some pretty common, plain, hard decisions in life. It's tough to honestly, humbly say, I simply do what God wants me to do. How about we look at 1 Peter chapter 2, though? Because um, I've heard messages, and maybe I've preached them sort of in the sense that once you're on Jesus, everything's perfectly fine. You know, your house will never have any problems. The storms really do not matter how big they get. You're on Jesus, and everything's fine. And so as we go through life and it might seem as if we have a kind of unique internal stability when we build our lives upon the rock of Jesus Christ, but I want us to recognize as well in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 another concept of this rock building lifestyle. Okay? We know that we're anchored upon Christ and we dug down deep and we got real with Jesus and we humbly gave our lives to Christ. He is the rock. Well, let's look at uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to Him, that is Christ, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Um. Many of you know, if you've you've, uh, been familiar with this scripture at all, is that uh, uh, Peter was also, his name means rock. (laughs) And uh, so some would say, well, then the the first pope has to be Peter, and the church is built upon Peter. And um, we're not going to debate that concept. But the point we see in Peter's letter is that you and I, were also rocks. We're also little little living stones. And so even though our lives are built upon the rock of Christ, they're also built on the character of you and I. And that is the practical side of where our faith uh, continues to shape our lives and gains its own kind of quality and uniqueness, is you and I have to once again realize that simply believing these things will take us so far in the journey, but practicing them, is really what this practical side of faith is about. It's difficult learning how to let your life not only be built on Christ, but you and I are a significant factor in the big building process. And that is where it becomes practical in our own lives, is that we sometimes want to... Uh, a push aside maybe my responsibility and simply say, well, it's all about Jesus and everything He wants to do and everything He wants to accomplish, but you and I need to realize that God is counting on you and I in the building process. Really what He's communicating or looking at in these concepts is that the way you and I become living stones is Jesus is simply the cornerstone. You and I are custom fit with each other. And if you've ever worked with stone, you know what it means to cut a stone. It's not simply that you take a pair of scissors, but you get a sledge and a chisel and you custom fit the stones. Well, it's easy for us to understand the concept of the potter and the clay that Jesus is the potter and we are the clay and we're on the wheel going round and round and round through life and he's squeezing us and shaping us and putting the design upon our lives. Well, I kind of like the idea of maybe being squeezed a little bit and shaped by clay. I really don't like the idea of being cut by stone, chiseled away. But the only way that you and I experience the life that God intends, the discipline, is letting the master stone worker customize you and I to fit into this glorious temple. Now, it's interesting, when we think about the fitting process, we might think about how we could be fit for this beautiful building that is, is raised up to honor the Lord. But the way you and I know what needs to be cut and trimmed is because it fits somebody else next to us. It's one thing to say that God is having permission to cut and shape us. It's another thing to realize the brother or sister next to you is the one creating you the problems. You and I need to be cut and fit with our brothers and sisters. And so it's a beautiful building of how God customizes and He cuts and shapes us for one glorious purpose. Well, if you're here today and you kind of like the the Jesus-only thing, that's the personal relationship with Christ. Again, we like that because that's what lets us walk on water. That's what lets me get out of the boat and the other disciples, whether or not they go in my boat. But this one is the constant shaping and restructuring and fitting process where God's name is glorified when you and I are fit together. So we get back to the practical side. Everybody knows there's not a whole lot of spirituality that really makes us one. It's really hardcore adjustments and modifications and attitude shifts that simply say, my life has to be devoted to honoring God but also fitting within the beauty of other people. If it wasn't for people, we'd all be great, wouldn't we? Us and God. We can walk on water every day, we can do our own thing. But it's this thing about being meshed together and unified in a common cause. All well, we could do is we could spend a lot of time just looking at 1 Peter, because really he's writing a letter which really reveals who he is, and how Jesus changed them, and what He's called us to begin to do. His letter is extremely practical. You think James is practical? So is Peter's practical. And it talks about the practical dynamics of shaping our life. The important thing we look at with the time we have is that God has granted us an element of faith. You and I have this yearning and desire, capacity to get to know Christ and to be formed into His likeness. And yet it's letters like Peter, First Peter, and, and, and James that teach us that there's no real secret to change. It's just honest, brutal evaluation of what you and I do day by day, whether it's public or private, and whether or not it's choosing, constantly choosing, to walk a life that's a lot of digging and it's a lot of laying stone. It's a very practical lifestyle that without that element, our faith is going to be kind of foolish. It's a kind of faith that not only will allow us to be faithful to him, but it will also withstand the pressures, the challenges, the hardships of life. The storm comes and beats against the house, but it stands because it's well built. The foundation was dug in Jesus Christ, but it's well built because it's also fit next to you, next to me. We've learned to work through the dynamics of love and through a lot of those disappointments. So we're not going to take time to break down uh, the primary elements of 1 Peter, but you can read that on your own. The important thing is to remind ourselves that that simply that difficult, challenging edge of life, doing what the Bible asks us to do, is the practical side of faith. It doesn't take a whole lot of uh, choices about whether or not we want to believe. It's, it's just simply, this is the truth. You and I take the truth, put it into practice, and you will be like a man who builds his house upon the rock, a solid foundation in Jesus Christ. Lord, as we we continue to journey on, we thank you for the beauty of life and we thank you for those examples in life that have, have learned to live in a rich and rewarding way of just being faithful exactly the way you intended them to be. Give us the courage to know that that kind of faith is indeed blessed, it's rewarded, most importantly it lasts. And we give you thanks and praise for all that you attempt to do and desire to do among us, may your name be honored, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys have a great week.